Welcome to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Cupid's House Chapel International. Our mission is to bring healing, transformation, and meaning to the lives of people in different societies with the good news of Jesus Christ. When you allow yourself to grow in a relationship with Him, you start getting filled up. When you are full of the Spirit, eh, you will be restrained and constrained from doing some things that are not of honest report. God's servant delivers the word of truth with clarity, simplicity, and dexterity. Here is Pastor Francis Aubin proclaiming God's mind to you today. Beautiful. We are going to study something very important and it's, it's, it's great. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 6. Let's do verse 5 so we can put it in perspective. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who also has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. Praise the Lord. I would like you to take your seat. We are talking about the wisdom of ministry part two. This is a birthing ministry camp. Birthing ministry camp. And our theme is we are dealing with the wisdom of ministry. And this is part two. Here the scripture we read. Paul is speaking. And is telling them that. We are not sufficient of ourselves. That is to say that. We are. Our blessing is not from us. Our blessings are from God. So we don't think of ourselves as people who help ourselves, but God is our help. Then he says that this same God who is our help, he is the one who has made us able ministers of the New Testament. So God has made us able ministers. Tell somebody that the Lord has made you able minister. Come on now, come on now. Say it like somebody who really is anointed. Tell somebody, the Lord has made you an able minister of the New Testament. How many of you believe that we are the New Testament church? We have the new covenant. We have better promises. Praise the Lord. The new covenant has better promises. And we have been made able ministers. That is to say that naturally we do not possess in ourselves... To do what God's ministers have the capability of doing. But the death of Christ, our redemption in Christ, has empowered us to become ministers. Our redemption, our salvation, has made us able ministers. We have received an ability to become Ministers unto God, not under the Old Testament, but under the New Testament, New Covenant. That is to say that every believer here as a priest, you are better than Aaron. Every believer here as a priest, as a prophet, you are better than Moses. You are better than Elijah. You are better than Prophet Samuel. Because... The new testament or the new covenant is superior to the old covenant. The old was put aside so that the new would take force. 
Praise the Lord. And we have been made abled ministers. That is, in Christ there is no disability in us to minister unto God. Now, under the old covenant, if a priest was one touch, that is, had an eye problem or an eye defect, that person could not be a priest. I hope you know that. If a priest was a leper, it couldn't be. If a priest had some kind of body disability or somebody in the priest line had some kind of a, a disability or a deformity in the body, he couldn't be a priest unto God. Because they believed that the priest had to be whole. And for them, wholeness had to do with physique or physical appearance. Being physically, you know, whatever. I don't want to offend anybody, but I'm just telling you what the Bible said. Praise the Lord. So that if somebody's eye was looking and watching in another direction, that person wouldn't qualify, even though he was of the priesthood line. A very bad standard. But under the new covenant in the New Testament, you can be an amputee and you are still a minister. <laughs> Isn't it powerful? You could be a murderer, but once the blood saves you, know ye no man after the flesh. For if any man be in Christ, Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Verse 20, now that ye are ambassadors of Christ. So when you become that new creature, you have now become God's ambassador. Hey, am I preaching here? So your physical defect and the fact that you are not economically viable or you don't come from a particular family line <laughs> does not disqualify you from becoming a minister unto God because your born again experience itself is what qualifies you as an able minister unto God. That's why every saint is also a minister. Is God talking to somebody here? So in Revelation chapter 5, verse number 10, Revelation 5, 10, you see this, how God has made all of us, he said that, and has made us unto our God kings and priests. And we shall reign on earth. We have become kings and priests. We are ambassadors of Christ. So every child of God is called. Say, I'm called. Say, I'm a minister. One more time. Say, I'm called. Say, I'm a minister. <laughs> Say, I'm an ambassador. So you are here working for the Lord. First John 4, 17. Beautiful. Herein is our love made perfect. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. <laughs> I'm called. As he is, so are we here. So who is Christ? Christ is, the Bible calls him our high priest. And he's the high priest. He's sitting above. That is high. Even positionally, he is high. Then Bible says we are seated with him in heavenly places. So as he is there, we are here. That's why we are ambassadors. We are the footmen. We are the foot soldiers of the heavenly agenda. Is God talking to somebody here at all? So. It's very important for us to understand that. 
When they are saying ministry, we are not talking about the people you normally see standing on the pulpit and all of that. Once you are born again, you are a minister. Once you are born again, you are called. Now, I want you to say boldly, say, I am called. Say, I'm a minister. And I have been called to minister unto God through the church in the kingdom of God. Is it powerful? Clap your hands then. Now, somebody will ask, why must we do ministry? (laughs) Why must we do ministry? Today I will tell you about five. And then tomorrow, God willing, we'll continue. And throughout the year, we'll be continuing. So, reasons why we must do ministry. Or reasons why you must work for the Lord. Now, first of all, let me say that. When people here working for the Lord... Oh boy, they have jitters. But today we'll go into that from our, our key, key test in Matthew chapter one, alright? And we'll deal with some myths and deal with some, some issues there. But let's consider reasons why we must work for the Lord or we must do ministry. Number one, ministry is the main activity to fulfill the purpose of our divine calling on it. Ministry is the main activity to fulfill the purpose of our divine calling on earth. John 18, 37. Ministry, very powerful. Main activity to fulfill our divine calling on earth. In John chapter 18, verse 37, the Bible is very clear that... This is what Jesus is answering Pilate. Pilate therefore said unto him, Are thou a king? Are thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born. And for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. So Pilate has heard the people. Saying that this guy claims that he is this and that and all of that. Blah, 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 blah. And then Pilate comes to ask him. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Then Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. Now, to this end was I born. For this cause came I into the world. This is the reason why I am here. And this is the reason why I was born. Remember Jeremiah chapter 1 says that before you were conceived in the womb of your mother, I knew you were called you and I ordained you as a prophet. So for this reason I was born. So that's why Jesus is saying that I'm going to die. And the death I'm going to die is not strange. It's not a mystery. He said I was born for this. I was born to be a minister who will be sacrificed on the altar of the Lord so that Humanity will have the opportunity to return back unto God. That is ministry. That's why every ministry is sacrificial. Every ministry is what? That's why you can't even be a minister until you die. You must die to be a minister. Christ died to fulfill his ministry. So Christ is saying that for this cause I was born. And I'm here to fulfill this purpose. That is why... Doing the work of God is the main activity. 
Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of him that called me, that sent me. So ministry is the main activity to fulfill the purpose of our divine calling on earth. Listen, we have a divine calling. No? Yeah. If you're a banker, that is fine. That is what you used to chop here on earth. But beyond chopping here on earth, there is a greater life beyond here. And your divine calling there. Can you imagine that somebody goes to, I mean, let's say the world has come to an end. Hebrews 9.27. And then you go and stand before God. Is he going to ask you about banking issues? Make sure that whatever you are doing in the bank has a direct impact in your divine calling. There is a divine purpose. You are here for a purpose. Jesus said, for this cause I was born. <laughs> Ask somebody, why were you born? Is it to work for Barclays? Hey. Computers are working for Barclays. And you think you were born also to work for Barclays and that's why you were born? No. Tell somebody there is a greater purpose. And it is a divine purpose. Watch this. Romans 8, 28. Very clear. I want us to really get there. So somebody is a businessman. You are doing all of that. You need to find a way to channel that into your divine purpose. In Romans 8, 28, he said, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So we are being called according to his purpose. So there is a purpose to which God has called us. And that purpose is our divine calling. It's our divine purpose. And when you do ministry, you are fulfilling that divine purpose here on earth. Is that clear? Very beautiful. Number two. And of course, this will save you from a lot of fire on the day of judgment. And that is also to say that without fulfilling your divine purpose, your existence on earth was totally wasted. You just came to pass here. And uh, that's all. A total waste. Number two, ministry is the practical test or measure of our love, honor, respect, and obedience to the Holy Spirit. If I was a singer, I would say, take it again. Ministry is the practical, underlying practical test of our love, honor, respect, and obedience to the Holy Spirit. So, when you put yourself into the work of God, that is the practical test and the measure of your love for God. Your measure of how much you honor God. Your measure of how much, your test of how much you respect God. And the test of how much obedient you are to the Holy Spirit. Mark chapter 16 verse 15. Mark 16 15. It's a deep message. 
He said, and he said unto them, this is Jesus going. These are some of his last words. And the last words of every man, they are very important. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go ye. Go ye. Does it, does it look like he was suggesting something to them? Does it look like he was, he was negotiating with them? Now, how is the sentence, the way the sentence has been coined? In your primary school, how did madam teach you? What is it? It's a command. A command must be obeyed. Is that correct? Very powerful. Go ye. So we are being commanded to go and preach, do ministry on his behalf. In fact, when you read the Bible, you find out that Luke 10, 1. After these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place. Watch this. Whither he himself would come, please. Whither he sent them two and two to every city and place whither he himself would come. Verse number two. Therefore said he unto them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his, send forth laborers. He sent them two by two into places and cities. Verse one, where he himself was supposed to go. But because he's not physically here on earth, he has sent you and I to go into those places and to go into those cities. Is God talking to somebody? And when he was doing that, he was not negotiating with us. He said, go. He said what? Two commands he gave. Pray ye until the Holy Ghost comes. But when the Spirit comes upon you, Act 1-8, go ye, go ye, pray ye, go ye. We have been praying. Now is the time to what? Go. Has the Holy Ghost not come? Long time. That is why doing the ministry is the practical test. First of all, if you say you love God, Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandment. And this is a command. So to say, I love God, but I don't want to work in the church. I love God, but I won't do anything in the church because of sister A, sister B. I don't want to do anything called ministry. Me, I'm a banker. I come to church. I close and I go home. You don't love God. Because God doesn't need your money. Have you seen God before? God doesn't need your money. He owns you. And you can't give God tips. <laughs> In the church, nobody is important. God is the most important person in church. And you do practical ministry as a test of your obedience, respect. You see, if you don't respect something, when they, somebody, when they command you, you don't do. If you don't honor someone, when they command you, you don't do. But when you respect, when you love, when you honor them, when you are, a sign that you're obedient is when you are able to obey the command of the one sending you or instructing you. And his instructions are very clear. Go ye, preach, do ministry. So anybody who is not into ministry. Number one, you don't love God. You love yourself. And you love the world. 
Number two, <laughs> you don't honor God. <laughs> Number three, you don't respect God. Number four, you are very disobedient. Yeah. This is the, this is the level of disobedience that will block your heavens. And so, ministry is a practical test. Praise the Lord. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 and 19, just to give you another scripture to buttress the point. In Matthew 28, 18 and 19, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Go ye therefore. I've given you power. But go ye therefore, don't sit with the power, serve with the power. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father. It's not in the name of Francis. You are here, we'll groom you and all of that, but you go in the name of the Lord. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> no, say I have a calling. I have a ministry. Say I might not be preaching here. But I can be preaching everywhere. I have to be winning souls everywhere. Now, let me tell you that the all that we have seen, fulfilling the divine calling, obeying the Lord, has to do with souls. It has to do with what? Souls. So if you are buying car for church, it's for soul winning. If you are buying land for church, it's for soul winning. It's not for me to... What is it crumble for? That is you to possibly your contribution to soul winning. Even though after a while I would take you to the crusade field. If you are a doctor, you must appear there. Are you following now? You are a businessman, you must appear there. The same way you have one client for your business, you go and win souls for the kingdom. Oh, in the course of the week, we'll be learning about and Mary brought forth a son. We want to know what you have brought forth yet. Hey, it's powerful. Souls. Somebody was asking me, Pastor, why are you still using the car you used about something so, so many years ago? I said, oh, the management. I'm doing branches. I need souls now. I don't need cars now. What do I need? I need souls. I need land. There's a land I'm trying to buy around here. They say $600,000. That's why I'm thinking. I'm not thinking about a hammer. If you give me hammer now, it won't. If I get buyer next day, it's gone. I won't even drive. What am I even using hammer for? Am I a carpenter? <laughs> Someone say, hey, ministry is working. Praise the Lord. Number three. Now, tell somebody, have you checked the obedience level? Say it is measured in your ability. To obey the command. To do ministry. Number three. Ministry is the purpose of our salvation here on earth. Ministry is the purpose of our salvation here on earth. That is to say that without engaging in practical ministry, you have defeated a major purpose for which Christ saved you. Luke chapter 1, verse 74. 
Luke chapter 1, verse 74. Watch it. Let's read it together. One, go. That he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without what? Fear. So what is the purpose of our deliverance from the hand of the enemy here? Is what? Is what? Talk to me now. Is to what? Serve him. Without fear. Do this thing. Let it flow. So the purpose of our salvation that we have been transferred, transfigured, translated from darkness into his marvelous light. That he has not allowed the enemy to swallow us into hell. He delivered us so that we will serve him practically. So to be saved to sit is a waste of the blood of Jesus. So we are saved to serve the Lord. That's ministry. Your salvation is to make you serve the Lord. If you were just saved to go to heaven, the day you were born again was the day you should have died. If heaven is the only purpose for your salvation, the day you became born again, God said, I don't need to waste time. Because you are already in heaven for being born again. Are you here with me? So, oh yeah, come home. Come home. But I know you. You are not ready to go. And if you are here, then you ought to be working for the Lord. If he has kept you away from the pangs of wickedness, from the activities and the devices of hell, there is a reason. The reason of that salvation. Sometimes God will save an arm robber. He will save somebody who is a murderer like Paul, Saul. And turn him into Paul. And the reason is for him to save multitudes. That is why after being born again, you didn't die. It's for you to become an instrument in the hand of God. That's why when Saul in Acts chapter 9. When God told Ananias, oh boy, there's one guy there, he's blind. I want you to go and pray for him. And uh, Ananias, the disciple, was telling God that, look, I've heard that this guy killed too many people. <laughs> and here he has come here with a letter to come and kill us here. If by the grace of God he has gone blind, me, I should go and pray for him to be healed. And look at what God told him. He said that you will go. Whether he's a murderer. Whether he's a murder machine. Whatever he is. I have still decided. That I am going to use him as an instrument. As what? So if not for what God wants to use you for. He would have made you to go to jail and waste there a long time. He saved you to serve, to be an instrument in his hand. So when you don't engage in service, there are some husbands who find it difficult to allow their wives to serve the Lord. Let's go to church, close and go away. You know? <laughs> some wives don't want their husbands around. Some parents don't want their children around. But if you have been saved, you must save. Praise the Lord. That's the purpose of your salvation. He delivered us from the hands of the enemy 
so that what? We will serve him. Is it clear? Tell somebody that is why you must do ministry. Tell them don't waste your salvation. There is a purpose why you are not in jail. Why you are not sick. Even though you have, you have mismanaged yourself. Tell somebody there's a reason why the sickness in the bloodline has not overwhelmed you. Now, tell somebody the reason why the witches have not been able to chew you is because God has an assignment for you. <laughs> and so you must do the assignment so that your purpose will be intact. Is it powerful? Let's clap for the Lord. Number four. Number four. Uh, tell somebody I'm going to do ministry. I will not waste the blood of Jesus. I will do it with my money, with my time, with my body. In Jesus name. Praise the Lord. Number four. Ministry guarantees our continuous deliverance from evil. Ministry guarantees our continuous deliverance from evil. Daniel chapter 6 verse 16. Then we will read verse 20 as well. Daniel is God's minister in Babylon. And they have put a falsehood on I mean, they have not a falsehood because, I mean, what they actually said, he did, he did, he prayed. And then, but they have set him up to destroy him. And the king loved him so much. So, when they set him up, he couldn't, he said, ask for me the ministry that I will do. So, whatever you want to do, just do. And so, he prayed. And when he prayed, they said, nobody should call on the name of any other God except the image is made by the king. And Daniel said, for where? I am a servant of Jehovah. Yahweh. I'm a Jew. I don't bow to any idol. I will call on the name of my God. The king is, my, is not my God. His idols are not my gods. So Daniel prayed. And then the law was against him. And then the Bible said that they put him in the lion's den. I'm showing you something. Because some people think that your continuous deliverance is in your prayer. I just want to show you something. <laughs> Can I show you? There's a song in Nigeria that says, show me, show me. Today I'll show you. <laughs> I'll show you. Hey, I'm showing you. Are you seeing? Yeah, I'm showing you. So when they put him in a lion's den, the lions had been kept hungry for a while. And I know you were told in Sunday school. So, these hungry lions were ready for meat. But when Daniel got there, they didn't chew him. Because he was a different kind of a person. <laughs> he was a minister of God. So, he did not qualify to be meat for lion. He was a servant of the lion of the tribe of Judah. So, ordinary lions could not attempt to devour the servant of a supreme lion. I'm saying something now. So, the lions became friendly 
with him. Very clear that you need this point. So, Daniel, inside the den, the king was so troubled about the fact that, look, nobody has survived this thing before. And I like this guy. So when they put him there, the king, he was so troubled and he came and the king said something. When they were throwing, he was encouraging Daniel. He said, then the king commanded and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. He loved him, but he couldn't save him. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, I love you and I'm the king, but this law is irrevocable. There are times no human being who even loves you as a destiny helper can save you. Yeah. You'll be at certain positions and you'll find yourself in certain situations that money cannot buy. Destiny helper cannot help. I'm telling you something clear. So the king came around. He said, I wish I could help. But he said, thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. <laughs> I feel it already. Mahanda. I said, Daniel, at this level where the highest authority humanly possible cannot help. Let me tell you something. I am a hidden king. I don't go to church. I, I, I do my own thing. But I want to tell you that the God that you serve continually, he will deliver you. He will deliver you from the lions. So the revelation is that when human beings get to their wit end and it's impossible like sometimes doctors will try their best and it's like, hey, we can't do anything about it. This one, you need to go and pray. Then he said, the king is saying that, let me give you a revelation. Oh, that if you have been serving God continually, you qualify for deliverance. <laughs> Tell somebody the key word there is serving continually. One more time, one more time, one more time. Tell somebody the key word there is doing ministry continually. So people who do ministry continually, they are not wasting their time. And let me tell you that everybody will have a lion's den experience. Everybody will also have a burning furnace experience. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There are many things money cannot buy. There are many situations whom you know does not matter. It's irrelevant. Inconsequential. It will only take supernatural intervention. And the king is saying that the God whom you serve continually shall deliver you. Now, the first point we made is that the purpose of your salvation is to serve. That is, you were saved so that you will save. Right? But when, after you are being saved, that's, you were saved to save. Now, after you are being saved, the child of God will encounter afflictions. So you will now use your service, no longer as a purpose. Your service will now become a tool. For you to secure continuous deliverance. The God you serve will deliver you. 
That is now your service has become a trump card, a bargaining chip for your continuous de- deliverance. Yeah. That's why Hezekiah, when they told him you are about to die, he said, okay, prophet, are you done? Fine, go. You now turn to God. He said, listen, when I became a king, I was about 20 years. Maybe God, you, you have forgotten some things. No, no, the church was closed. When we went there, the death was like a heap. Okay? Everything had been taken away. Priests had gone to farm. Nobody was serving you. Everybody was serving Baal. It is me. I opened the doors. We cleaned the whole house. We, we brought the priests from the farm. I instituted some salary scheme for them. And I made sure that people were not giving the goat that is meant for you to Baal. In the high places, the priest stopped farming and they came here and I was paying them. I have done all these things. Why must I die? God now says, slip of tongue go. <laughs> and I told the prophet, five minutes ago, what you told the man, go and tell him again. I've changed my mind. The prophet said, how can this be? They will say, I'm a false prophet. He said, am I not the one who sent you? What I tell you is what you do. Go again and tell the dying man that you won't die. Fifteen more. So he used his practical ministry. The serving of his God continually as a bargaining chip. There are times you can't face any man no. The only person you have to face is God. And when you are facing him, make sure you have a because factor. You must have what? He told Abraham, because of this thing you have done, in blessing, I will bless you. Anybody who curses you, the battle is mine. Because factor. If you are not doing ministry, you don't have any because factor. So, Daniel, this one, the king is telling him before he was put in jail. Then in verse 20, in the morning, the king came and was asking questions. He said, does this thing work? He said, in verse 20, he said, when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spoke and said to Daniel, oh, Daniel, servant of the living God. What is his qualification? Then look at his question. Is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? He told the king, he said, no, don't worry yourself. Verse 21. He said, people like us, they don't chew us all. <laughs> we have secured our deliverance with our continual service. Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. That is to say, I day. That is why I'm responding to you. Is that clear to somebody here? You have no negotiable powers. You have no purchasing power in the spirit when you are not in ministry. And listen to me. Sometimes sickness doesn't look for whose address. 
sickness just want to enter anywhere sometimes. Evil want to enter anywhere sometimes. But if you are somebody who is a minister, can you imagine? In Acts chapter 27, 28, Paul was in a shipwreck. Everywhere was dying, collapsing. People were just, goods were going. Then the angel of the Lord met him in the night and said, because you are in this ship, there shall be no loss of life. That's when your immunity is in ministry. Sometimes, when we gave birth to our second child, I was preaching in an ICGC church. The boy was very sick, like a month old or something. Some weeks old. They didn't know what was wrong. Something terrible had gone wrong in the boy. I was preaching. I was in the hospital. We went to this hospital, that hospital, that hospital. Doctors didn't know what to do. I went and looked at the boy. He was going. But I had a meeting to go and preach. I preached first day, second day. I told my wife, I'm going to preach. I'll come back. <laughs> when I went, I preached. Radical. This one I've toned down now. Fire! I remember that night, one woman vomited something like a scorpion. Been sick for many years. And she became healed instantly. Many deliverances. When I closed, I told the pastor that today I can't sit. I need to go to the hospital. Our child is very sick. It is very urgent. I need to go back. He said, yeah, but if your child is sick, why did you come? I said, I'm not a doctor. I'm not what? He that is sent of God does not entangle himself with the issues of this world. It's a test. It's what? Now, this child that was dying, when I went to the hospital, a former schoolmate of mine who was a doctor came around. Uh, one doctor came around and casually said, this one that the child is blah, 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 crying and going, going. Can you do this small scan for me? When they did that scan, they saw what was wrong. And what they needed to save the child to was not there in the teaching hospital. So one friend of mine, from St. Augustine's. I told you, your classmate is important. <laughs> Green is the color. Now, one of the Ben Dana, Benkum, Benkum Secondary School. Ebenya doctor, our teaching hospital. Daben. When? You can't house me. I migrate all of you who didn't have opportunity to attend St. Augustine's College. From today, you are affiliates. <laughs> I'm preaching, brother. Am I preaching? He came there and he saw my wife. He said, he said oh, Prophet Francis, he used to attend my own. He said, the he went there. Oh, fast. He went and looked for what they use for the adult. He, does, he said he doesn't know. How he had the idea, he just he put it up like that. That's how child was stabilized. Yeah. And that's how it's when you see that boy running here, it's a miracle working. But I'm telling you, he would have died 
if I, I was telling God when I was going, I said, look, I'm going to do ministry. The rest is in your hands. Is somebody here? The rest is what? In your hands. There are things only God's hands can solve. And you secure those things with your continuous ministry. That's why Satan will try to break your resolve when you are serving the Lord. Sometimes you serve the Lord and you sleep. You serve the Lord more and you, you lose your zeal. And you say, say, woe unto you who does the work of God anyhow. This thing must be continuous service. It must be what? Continuous. That's why you see me in church like this. Even if you cut my ear, what I'm doing for the Lord, forget it. Forget it. I'm not leaving the church. I won't stop what I'm doing because I need this thing to bargain for my continuous deliverance. Can you imagine when Daniel came out, the conspirators, when they threw them in, they didn't land though. And the lions jumped and ate them in the air before they also landed. But for the man who was serving God continually, Bible said, the Lord sent an angel to shut the mouth of the lion. That is, the devouring abilities of the lion were suspended for a moment. It's the reason why the sickness that kills other people can never kill you. It's because of ministry. Is God talking to somebody here? Yeah. Oh, you have made mistakes. So serious mistakes. One percent of that has landed somebody in a national crisis. But your own, God has made it like a useless case. Because of ministry. It's powerful. Is it powerful? Raise your hand. Say, I'm a minister for God. And I'm going to do this thing. Whether it's comfortable or not. This is what I was born for. And I will not lose my bargaining power. One more time. Say, I refuse to lose my bargaining power. So I will do ministry. I will serve in the house of the Lord. Clap your hands and bless God. Is it powerful? Number five. Ministry is the prime key or the primary key for walking in the miraculous. Ministry is the primary key for operating in the miraculous. Walking in the miraculous. Mark 16, 15. Mark 16, verse 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Is the command clear? Verse 20. When he said that to them, the Bible said in verse 20, quickly. And they went forth. He said, go. Did they go? They went forth and preach. He said, preach. Did they preach? They preach. He said, everywhere. Did they preach everywhere? And what happened? The Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so he said, go, do this, do that. They went and 
signs and wonders followed them because they went. If you want to do signs and wonders, it's not in prayer and fasting. Signs and wonders is in obedience to the call of the ministry. You can just be an usher. But you'll be casting out devils. You'll be healing cancer. You will see financial signs and wonders. <laughs> Peter, he was doing ministry. They needed to pay tax. They called them, they said, hey, you people have to pay tax. Jesus said, cast your hook into the water. The fish you will pick out of the net first. The very first one. Anyhow, there's money inside the mouth. Peter cast the net. The first fish he brought out when he opened the mouth. The money they needed to pay the tax was already there. It is impossible to walk in signs and wonders. When ministry is not your agenda. Go. Preach. They went. They preached. And he confirmed. There is no confirmation for signs and wonders when you are not obeying the call to the ministry. If he says go and you go, he's in charge. Confirming to ensure that you are not disgraced. He sent them two by two. They came. They said that demons obeyed us in your name. We had power over them. He said that now a small matter now. If you go in my name, they will obey you. But try in your own name. Matthew chapter 10 verse 7 and 8. Very powerful. In Matthew chapter 10, he said, And as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Verse 8. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out devils. Freely ye have received. Freely. So, put the scripture in the right context. The people who are able to freely display what they have received are people who are on the move. You are, if you are not on the move, it does not matter what you have received. Your tank, if your car's tank is full and you are not moving the car, no journey is made. You are still using Legidis. Regardless of the fact that the Mercedes has fuel. The fuel is only used when you embark on the journey through a force. And so many people are suffering. Because you have not even started the journey of the ministry. So the power cannot flow. The power flows. You see, the fuel, it works when you are working. The anointing works when you are working. You want to see miracles? He said, heal the sick, cast out devils, cleanse lepers. All these things are chicken changing the spirit. They are what? Don't let anybody give you a bromus. You'll let anybody give you red oil and kutoni before the animal. Listen to me. You are already supercharged. Am I talking to somebody here at all? <laughs> K 
Kolama Soloka Labaya. Asubra Ligalaba Lakatuza. Kedush Makutali Malandusku Barak. Speak in the spirit. Kalabazo Ke Shalabaya. Ke Sata Lemanda. Put your hand on your soul and say, I stir up the power. Adula Malika Lazo. Asila Garabala. Sotalia. Inkalu Marizo Bre. Jakatukula Baraga. Jatakaya. Now say, I declare from today. I am walking in a miraculous. Praise the Lord. <laughs> if you go to the hospital, preach to the sick, encourage them, hold their hand to pray, you will see miracles. And the thing about miracles is that once it starts flowing through your hands, that same hand that healed the sick, when it touches the business, it will blossom as well. I, I was very young when I went to a, a small suburb around Cape Coast called Elkhorn. We were just going for evangelism. We went and some people were in some, in some garden. An occultic, you know, garden like that, camp like that. Sick people. One afternoon. So we went. I saw someone sitting by the, the gate of the garden. We went to evangelize, me and my friend. First time. As we evangelized, the person was very, very sick. We talked briefly. We said, can we pray with you? We prayed with the person. The person started sweating. The woman stood, started walking. He said, it's like I'm getting final. He walked back past me. He said, I'm fine. Almost see confidence. I said, where are the others? <laughs> Come here now. <laughs> Somebody said, hey! First year in secondary school, HIV was already getting healed. Healed. Easy. Bah, 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 bah. Look, what did I used to pay my school fees in secondary school? What I'm telling you, I saw a long time in secondary school, just praying for people in fellowship. This one money they were giving me, brother, thank you. Pentecost handshake. Put together, put together, put together, pay my school fees. When there is no miracle around your existence, life becomes frustrating. Ministry gives you the opportunity to walk in the miracle. And the more you do for God, the more God does for you. Philip went into a city, a witch was in charge. But as Philip got there because of ministry, the witch Mpo became a disciple. The reason why some witches in your village are in charge, still on your case, is because you are on your own path. And when you are on your own path like Jonah, any whale can swallow you. But if you are on a journey for the Lord, Adula Bakaya, you will be like Paul. A serpent will bite you and you will shake it off. Because you are not devourable. You are walking in the miraculous. From today, may you walk in the miraculous. I said, from today, you shall walk in the miraculous. Can I push this thing? So, if ministry has this to offer us, how many of you want to walk in the miraculous? Do you want to walk in the miraculous? The miraculous, it doesn't only have to do with healing the sick, casting out devils. So, 
It also has to do with being in the market and everyone's business is going down and the market is crunched, but your own is standing up. And please, let me tell you that when markets are collapsing, God is setting up his man to take charge. In the days of Joseph, Bible says that, and the famine hit the whole earth. And the same famine is what God used to give Joseph prominence. The market can collapse for other people. But not for the man sent by God. Who is on the journey. Is God talking to somebody? <laughs> One young lady here at the last all night, she got touched and said, ah, pastor, this is so easy. I want this power. I said, just keep hanging around and keep doing ministry. It's so easy. So easy. I want to walk in the miraculous. Kenima Lakaza. Sugalagaduzaba. I sleep freely. I wake up freely. In my mind, if you are a demon, come. I have so much equity in me for God that I know that I cannot be expended through the night by the forces of darkness. No. God has important things to do with my life. Why will evil swallow me? I am important in the market for God. <laughs> My market value is very high. When your market value is high in the sight of God, you walk in the miracle also. You do what? Can I push it? Listen, can I push it? Very powerful. Now, shake somebody say, I, I hope you are going to be doing ministry from today. I tell them, find a way to serve in the house of the Lord. And then in the kingdom of God, put your money in it. Put your skills in it. Put your time in it. Serve and be a servant. Give the Lord a big clap of praise. It's powerful. We want to share briefly some realities about the ministry or working for God. Realities. Few ones. And then we'll, we'll just end the matter. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 to 20. Our, our core, core sub, um, um, scripture. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with a child. Of the Holy Ghost, 19 and 20. Then Ju Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. So we learned about all these things, the conduct of a minister and the fact that you were called before you were born and all of that. Now, when you have learned about the conduct of a minister and the fact that he was called, God uses men for ministry and all of that. But while he taught on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her 
is of the Holy Ghost. Next verse. 21. And she shall bring forth a son. And thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. Very clear there. So, 20 says that. When Joseph was thinking on these things. Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him. So, Jesus was a ministry in the womb of Mary. And Joseph and Mary were the pastoral custodians of that ministry. They were to nurture the child. And there was a controversy. Normally, ministry can bring you a controversy that will make you back off. The controversy is meant to make you pack and leave. That's why offense is one of the greatest weapons in the kingdom of God. Joseph was offended. How is it that I've paid the bright price of this woman and she's pregnant and I'm not the one responsible? So he thought that, look, I'm going to pack this girl to go to the mother's house. But because I'm a just man, I'll do it. I'll not shame her. I'll do it privately. So while she, he was thinking about all that, Christ was inside Mary. Whilst he was thinking about all that, the angel of the Lord spoke to him. So that's where we are going now. So one of the realities of the ministry or the work of God is that meditation gives you power. Meditation gives you what? While, verse 20 is where we are standing in, 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 in this session. But while he taught on these things, he, he saturated and consumed and focused, he fixated his thinking on the issues surrounding Mary, issues surrounding the pregnancy, the ministry, whilst he taught on these things. So, anybody who has been called as a minister in the church must have meditation abilities. Must be someone who thinks vastly and extensively about the ministry. Joseph was thinking about Mary. Was thinking about the pregnancy. So, the power of every minister is meditating on the things of the spirit. Why do I say that is your power? Every child of God who is a called person must be a deep thinker. You must be what? He or she must be consumed and saturated with ministry thoughts and not other things. He taught on these things. What things? Mary, pregnancy, are you here? Ask somebody, as a minister, what are you thinking about? Tell somebody, think about the ministry, think about the ministry. Parosa Pradiga Maranda. As he was thinking about those things, he encountered the power of God in his dream. The reason why you are not powerful is because your thinking is haywire. It's not focused on the ministry. 
You think girls are small. You think alcohol is small. You think the small. You think that's small. Think on ministry. Power will flow. Come on now. Tell somebody. Power will flow. When you meditate. And tell somebody. Be consumed. With ministry. Let your thinking. Be fixated on ministry. What will meditation do for you? Anybody who is called, he, the person, he or she, their meditation must be on the work of God. Be on Mary. Let it be on the pregnancy. It should be on your ministry. When you are asleep, you are thinking, okay, my souls, this ministry we are doing, how can I improve it? How can the church grow? Are you here at all? How can it? Ha, ha. If you are thinking about the ministry, you will pray for the ministry. You will pray for your personal ministry. I need to go get this person. This one that they put under my care that is not coming to church. You must be thinking about it. Don't be thinking about coming to raise an excuse. That, ah, I can't find a person. It's like this one is not coming to church again. Why is it that the church sometimes is packed and some other time is not packed? No, that's not correct thinking. You, know. you must be thinking forward. He was thinking and he was believing God for a solution to the ministry. Why is meditation important? I'm showing you realities in ministry. The work of God. Without meditation, you are far away from power. You are far away from spiritual or supernatural encounters. And when you are in ministry and this thing, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. This thing is not your secular corporate job. This one the one we are doing for the kingdom. Oh. The kingdom there is in power. It's in what? Paul met some princes of some cities. Super demonic beings. So when you meditate, you encounter the power of God. Meditate on the ministry. If you see me, what do I think? All I think about is the ministry. Anything that I think about has, must have a connection with the ministry. If you are thinking about your business, think also about what that business will do for the ministry. Is God talking to somebody here? So why must you meditate? Number one, Joseph's meditation guaranteed a supernatural encounter with the angel of God. That's verse 20. His meditation Guarantee, and while he taught on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. When your thinking is on the work of God and how to make it work, how to improve it, how to make it fruitful, you are most likely to encounter the power of God, the angel of God. Praise the Lord. He saw the angel of God. People have not seen visions before. You don't even dream. Even dream, you know. You don't dream. You are completely shut. Because your thinking is far. And when you dream, you are in a disco. <laughs> Meditation. I'm, I'm just trying to take you on the line of why meditation is important. Meditation reveals our true identity in Christ to us. When the angel encountered him, look at what the angel said in that same verse 20. 
the angel encountered him in a dream and the angel said, saying, Joseph, thou son of David. In case you don't know who you are, you are the son of David. So meditation points us to our covenant connections. Joseph, I don't care the family you come from. By this meditation and having access into the spirit, I want you to know that you have a covenant with the seat of David. You are connected. You are a son of David. And if you are a son of David, something good is going to happen unto you. You, In meditation, you see the true revelation of your identity in Christ. I am not just some logo logo man son. I'm a son of the root. The same root Jesus comes from. So when you meditate on the word, you meditate on the meaning you get to discover who you truly are in Christ. You cannot discover who you truly are when you are operating a disco. How can you discover who you truly are? It is when you are thinking about the ministry that God will take you from one step. Do you know this is who you are? This is how you are? As you are an usher, you are praying God. As people come to you, God will be revealing who you are to you. You are singing. Whatever you are doing. Yeah. But if you come to church and you sit, you listen to preaching and you go, no. As for even naturally, how much you can do and what you can do and how much you can take is properly discovered in the field. Not theoretically. Some of you think you, you cannot handle something until something hit you in the field. And you're able to handle it. Say, I was even surprised I was able to handle it. Yeah, because you were on the field. You got to be there. I'm bringing all of you into the pool of ministry. You must be there. Say, I'm there already. Because we are not children again. We need to get deeper. We need to what? Deeper. Ministry will make you discover your abilities. You will discover your identity. And when you discover your identity, you have discovered your prosperity. If you don't know who you are, you are missing from anything they share. Because it's the discovery of your identity that also points you to your portion of what is being shared. Do I belong there? Do I have a portion? The will, did they write my name in? Are you following here at all? Meditation produces answers to mysterious mysteries, sorry, surrounding our purpose. Mysteries produces answers as you are meditating on the ministry and doing ministry, going for evangelism, going, just starting a cell, working on the cell, following up your cell members. As you are going, you see that you are believing God for the fruit of the womb, but it's like that gynecologists are confused and all of that. By the time you know answers to that gynecological problem has been solved. Because your meditation is on the ministry. Luke chapter 1. As Zachariah was offering the incense, the angel came and said, oh boy, even though you are old, it's time for you and your old woman to give birth. Discover the solution of the mystery. There are mysteries hanging and surrounding us. But as you focus on the ministry, meditate on the ministry, the mysteries, the answers will appear. Because you can't be working for a fruitful God and remain barren in any area of your life. 
It's impossible. Everything must give birth after each own kind. That's why when we give you cell, you collapse it. When we say, come be a cell leader, you say, I can't do. What can you do? Singing to the rehearsal to you will not come. Then you do you when they are singing and you are there, you say, Oh, Miko, I can sing better. No. As for when you go to the football stadium, the better players they are always in the stands. Some people even score go in the air. Go out. Do you score the sentence? But that is all you can do. You can't even run four hundred meters. It's easier said than done. Real men are on the field. Only talkatives are sitting down. And when you see people talking, the church is this, the church is that, the church is that. They are locked up in a mystery. First of all, they are confused about who they are. And the mysteries they have uh, uh, been unable to resolve have sat them down. Begin to talk. You talk. Everything you talk. You see, when you see somebody frustrated sitting in front of the other, anything passing by, he runs commentary around it. Have you seen those kind of people? They are locked up in a mystery. But as you are doing ministry, Joseph, as he was thinking, ah, what happened to this, my wife? How come we have not consummated this marriage? And she's pregnant. As he was meditating, oh, the angel said, hey, it's the Holy Ghost oh, impregnated this woman. Don't throw her away. It's you. I've seen the answer. Now I know. You will know in Jesus' name. Is this camp very powerful? Now tell somebody, ministry is a tool in my hand. To uncover. To have answers. To mysteries. Generations have suffered to see. It's powerful. Is it powerful? That's why you see me, I'll be thinking about ministry. I'll give you one more. And then tomorrow we'll continue about the realities. Because uh, once we hit the meditation button, we have to continue. Meditation. If you are meditating on the ministry, the Bible says that it will guarantee your success in every journey. Meditation on the ministry, on the word of God, on the work of God will guarantee your journey, your success in every journey on this earth. Joshua 1.8 Check me out. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night. What will be the result? That thou mayest observe to do. So, When you are meditating on something, it gives you the ability to observe. Then that observation will help you to do according to all that is written therein. So when you are meditating on ministry, you now have the ability to observe. Then you are able to do according to the set of principles. 
Is God talking to somebody here at all? According to all that is written. That's it. Without meditation, it's difficult to walk in the will of God. The book of the law is the will of God. Ministry is the will of God. But if you don't even prepare to come and do ministry, for some people, it's only when I say you are preaching on Sunday, that's when they will fast and pray. Wow. But no. When I said today, you are going to direct traffic. Same way you would have fasted to pray for preaching. That's how you zoom Magradu Jabaya. Because there is a way that whoever is directing the traffic is the reason why an accident will not kill a child. But if you are flesh and blood, that demon that sucks blood on the road will see you as if he has not seen you. But imagine me standing by the road directing traffic and it has been ordained that an accident must happen there. Can you imagine what will be happening there? As I'm there, Korozabra Gadaga. The demon to kill somebody by an accident, as the time is up and it's about to strike, he says, sorry, yo. There is somebody in the way. And we can't pass. We got fire all around. And they need to cross to the other side to press the button. And I'm standing there. Are you, you are not thinking about them. As you are by the roadside, you saw one girl. You say, whoosh. Ah, see me there. See me there. You are there and you are checking. You say, this church, girls have entered. It's like, wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. By the time you know, demons have pickpocketed you. You are not meditating. Your concentration is on a different thing. That's how you have not seen the mighty successes. Benin is not a failure. But what is he an engineer? It's ministry. Ministry. Is God talking to somebody here today? Ministry. Whether you are whatever. You are a caterer, you are a lecturer. Make sure that you are performing your divine calling. And that Joshua chapter 1, you will observe to do all that is written in therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. All the prosperity and the success are as a result of you meditating on the word. Day and night. Meditating in ministry. Day and night. Meditating in There are pastors who are not focused on the ministry. They are focused on other things. There are church workers who are focused on other things. You are focused on gossip. You are focused on other Don't be focused on other things. When you are working for the Lord, work for the Lord. Do what? And if you are in church, one of your greatest priorities will be for you to do something that will make God know that you are useful to him. You are what? Useful to him. Paying tight is part of the ministry. Because it's saving souls. Bring meat to the house.
souls will be saved. Praise God. I was talking to somebody. I said school is about to open. Tertiary is about to open. We need to activate our scholarship scheme now. Because already, this one told me, Daddy, I have the admission. And we initiated the application for the admission, the church. So when the admission comes, am I now going to tell you, go to your father? The caller. The Bible says, faithful is he who has begun. The same will also what? Do it. If we initiate application for admission, and the admission has come, did we not start? Are we not the ones to finish it? Those are the things I think about. Not that now it's like nice girls are, have come into the church. What, what, what do you concern me about nice girls? <laughs> and I'm here to the bottom. I'm not a pickpocket. <laughs> That's what I know. The, the, me, I've married already. One is to one. <clears throat> finish. Never marry again. The rest, they will find their own partners. <laughs> Thinking about ministry. One pastor asked me, see, yeah, ah, ah, too many girls in your church. How do you manage? I said, is this still something to manage? Now, wow. I said, do we manage, do we manage something like this? I told him, my brother, there are some things, if you are not dead, there are some jobs you don't do. If you are selected to bat queens, you must be an Enoch. Celebrated Enoch. You can't be active. Kai, I refuse to be active. Hi, My focus, you must be in heaven together. Am I talking to somebody? It's your meditation. This cell that I'm doing. Where are my cell members? I'm a five alive coordinator. Why? Are, why? Five? Now I have two. Hey, hey, If you are focused in ministry, he said that you have hundred sheep and one steps away. You go and gather the one that has gone out because you are, when you are focused, you can see beyond what is happening. If you are not focused, you don't, you don't care. You come to church, okay, and now sorry you're there. Church was sweet, papa. But how they put the soup together, it, it, it doesn't concern you. It must concern you. Praise the Lord. If you bring money, you must bring more money. You must what? Bring more money. Whatever your ministry is, be focused. Tell somebody to be focused. And I pray today. I pray today. That your mind will be saturated with ministry. In the mighty name of Jesus. Shout a louder. Amen. Give Jesus a big clap of praise. You have been listening to the testimony word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Locate us at Medina Estate, Accra, off the social welfare road between the Gulf Lane Station and Wawan Washington Bay. Follow us on Facebook at the Keepers House Chapel International. 
podcast and audio rima at Reverend Francis Auburn. Visit our website at www.kpshouchapel.org one word. For further information, call 0244-177-831 or 0204-916-168 or 0277-532-360. Join us on Sundays at 7 a.m. for the first service, 9.30 a.m. for the second service and 11.30 a.m. for the third service. On Wednesdays at 6 p.m. for our midweek and communion service. And on Saturdays at 6.30 a.m. for our morning flavor prayer services. Experiencing Jesus, Beth